Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money or Wealth, uh, right here on AM760 KFMB. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with uh, Mr. Alan Clopine. He is a CPA. Uh, we work for a company called Pure Financial Advisors. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Hour two, coming at you, uh, talking about some IRA mistakes that people make. Um, and I got seven birthdays, Al, that can change your tax returns. Really? Age 19. What do you think that has to do with anything about your tax return? Well, you're no longer um, you're no longer a dependent for your parents unless you go to college full-time. That's one thing. Then if you go to college full-time, well, then what's that age? Uh, 23. By the time you hit 24, you're no longer dependent. Yeah. At age 19, age 24, if you're a full-time student, the kitty tax provision ends. That goes away too, yeah. The kitty tax is designed to prohibit a child's unearned income typically investments, to be taxed at their lower rate, presumably, um, instead of uh, taxing at their parents' rate. Uh, for 2016, the first 1050 under an income is tax-free to the child. The next 1050 is taxed at the child's rate, and any under an income over 2100 is taxed at the parents' rate. Yes. So you can't necessarily say, hey... I'm going to give this money to Junior. And then he's going to make all that capital gain. Yeah, and then have right? him pay the tax. It'd be cheaper, yeah. That's, yeah what, that's what they used to do. Right. Kitty, yeah. I mean, kitty tax came along in my professional lifetime, which is 30-plus years. That was probably a pretty good strategy. It was a great strategy. Hey, you got kids? Yeah, all right. So you got about, let's see, 30-some-odd thousand dollars of capital gains. Yeah. Why don't we give it to the kid? Yeah. He well, pays the tax. Yeah. Right, and then there's, it'll be tax free, and then he gives it back to you. Yeah, <laughs> right. And the kid doesn't even know it's in his name, and then not in his name. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and mom and dad can each at that time they could give the kid ten thousand bucks. That was the gift tax limit, so they could each do ten. So it was twenty grand of securities going to the kid. Kid sells it, pays no tax, goes back to the parents. Yeah, pretty Boom. good. Yeah. Is that your broker calling you? Yeah, it's my phone. Well, yeah. broker's not available. <laughs> oh, it's uh, an accountant. Oh. Probably has any questions. Um, uh, <laughs> age 50. What does age 50 have to do with your tax return? Uh, 50. Well, then you can put more in your 401k and your IRA. Yep. It's the catch-up contribution. So age 50, 50. Um, this terminology is a bit confusing since there is no requirement to be behind in your plan contributions in order to be eligible to make up the additional elective deferral. Um, so 2016 limits allows 401k, 403bs, and 457 plans. Uh, so that's unchanged. So it's $6,000 catch-up. Simple IRAs and simple 401k accounts, $3,000 catch-up. Yes. And then the Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs is $1,000. Catch-up. Catch-up. Uh, the, the the contribution limits are of course five thousand fifty five or five thousand five hundred bucks for IRAs, and then eighteen thousand for uh, the standard contribution. Yeah, what's the simple? Uh, Thirteen thousand. Yeah, give or take. Thirteen <laughs> thousand. I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, not the, sure I, the simple plans. 
I don't. Well, I, would, I, I very rarely recommend a client to go into a simple plan because of the new 401k plans. Or, uh, yeah. but I mean, if they have employees, yeah, and they don't want to contribute to the employees, um, well, or we, as much. We we actually just spent uh, our tax class. We do an internal tax class for our advisors on Thursday, and we went over the simple IRA in ad nauseum detail. Uh, <laughs> that was my associate putting that together. <laughs> so I actually cut it off about. 20 minutes early so we could get into, all right, so now we know everything we could possibly know about the simple. But what's the right kind of retirement plans to, that you actually use? And, and we had a very, very good discussion, and we, I digress a second, but if you're, if you're self-employed and you don't have any employees, the, the vehicle of choice is a solo 401k or individual 401k. The, the simple, you would never use a simple if you don't have any employees. The, the, the 401k is so much better. Right? right. Because, I mean, you can put more money into right. it. Right. Yeah. And, and if you, but if you need a bigger, if you need a giant tax deduction and you're going to be making money for a while, then look at a def, defined benefit plan. Those are a lot more expensive and complicated, but you can actually put away, you know, as, as a couple hundred thousand, depending upon how old you are, to attack actual tax deduction. But both of those plans have to be set up by the fiscal year. So if we're talking about 2015, you can't do either one because it's already into 16. But you still can do a SEP IRA all the way to the due date of your return. So that is still available. What about age 55? 55, that's the age when you retire and have a 401k. You can pull that money out tax-free. Uh, not tax-free, uh, without penalty. Yeah, a qualified retirement account prior to age 59 and a half are subject to 10% penalty to additional to ordinary income. However, this penalty is waived if you are at least age 55, age 50 for state public safety employees. Hmm. Uh, in the year you retire, quit, or fired from your employer, since this waiver only applies to your company retirement plan and not IRAs, you should wait until you're 59 and a half. So I had this instance uh, with a 403B plan. And um, so the law states, for, it's a qualified plan through your employer, right? Trying to get the right person on the phone to let them know what the rules are is almost impossible. Right. They were like, well, no, are you, well, how, how old is the client? 58. He's retiring. Well, no, sir, you have to wait till 59 and a half. No, you don't. Well, yes, 59 and a half. I, I was, he's separating from service. So he is <laughs> so he, over age 55. Yes. We would like to start taking distributions from his retirement account. Hmm. Well, never never well, heard let that. Me, let, me, let me talk to someone. Okay. Can, yeah. Can I please talk to your supervisor? Talk to the supervisor. Same. Yeah, same, same. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> then I, I go, I'm going to have to hang up on you and call again and try to find someone else that knows what the heck the law is. Finally... You know, after four or five calls, yeah, you get a hold of the right person. Yeah, no problem. Okay, yeah. well, oh yeah, I yeah, see. We, he separated we, from service we, last Friday. No problem. Yeah. It's going to take us about a week to make the distribution, right? And it's like, well, you, who's training the employees? But that's the problem, I think, when, with individuals when they when they're like, all right, they they'll hear something from our radio show, right? Oh, hey, you know what? I want to retire a little bit early, or I right, I separated from service at fifty five. I'm fifty eight, or um, turning 59, but I'm not 59 and a half yet, so I can't touch this money. No, you can. So they'll call and they'll say, hey, yeah, um, can I take a distribution? And the person on the other line of the phone will probably say no. And then they'll think, oh, Joe and Al, they don't yeah. know what the hell they're talking about. Clearly, they're, they're Clearly. foolish. <laughs> this is, oh, yes. So hey, um, your, your next one's going to be 59 and a half. I can feel it. Um, no. Well, no? I guess if we want to go in order, yeah, 59 and a half. <laughs> okay, how about 62 then? 
62. That's the year where you can take Social Security. Okay. 25% permanent reduction, though, if you take your Social Security early. Age 70 is um, Social Security deferral ends. So your 8% uh, retirement credit, um, that's it. So Yeah, so real easy example. If you were supposed to get $1,000 a month at age 66, that's your full retirement age, it'll be about $750 a month if you take it at 62, but it will be about $1,320 per month if you wait till 70. And then age 70 and a half, of course. That's our required minimum distribution. And now you got to take money out of your IRAs and 401ks, even if you don't want to. You have to take a look at uh, pub publication 590B. All right, we got to take another break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner. Big Al Clopine, he's a CPA. Uh, go to purefinancial.com. Open 24 hours a day. That's for you, Megan. Oh, man. We're talking retirement plans, retirement planning, mistakes, taxes, the yes. markets, a two month high. You know, is that the. I just, uh, yeah, it's uh, Dow was closed at a two month high on Friday. Two month high? Yeah. That's after always, the jobs report. What, 224,000? Huh? 224,000 jobs? I think it was 243, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I'm dyslexic. I'm <laughs> missing a Give couple take. digits. 200 plus. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do remember for sure the estimate was 190. Mm. So it exceeded expectations, and the market liked that. Yes. And we talk about this all the time. When does the market go up? When things happen better than everyone's expecting. But here's the problem with that number, Al. <clears throat> what is the Fed? Right, coming out in a couple of weeks. So are they going to raise interest rates? That is a problem. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well now that the economy unemployment's at four something, you know. You know what I read there, though, Joe, which was this: the um, the wages have not gone up. In right. fact, they actually went down a little bit, and that's the, probably one of the number one indications of inflation. And so, yeah, there's not a huge, at least in my humble opinion. There's not a huge reason to raise the rates yet. We'll see. We'll see what they think. Yeah, we'll stay tuned. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> biting my nails. I, I can't even sleep at night. I know the quarter point. <laughs> it's going to kill us. Uh, 10-year treasury is at, what, 1.6? I think it's all right if we hike it up a little bit. I'm not an economist, yeah, so yeah. don't listen to me. <laughs> Uh, but if and, and I'm not either. We're, we uh, we have an economist on this show from time to time, Chris Thornburg, and we we look like idiots just asking him questions, oh, let alone trying to respond to his answer. I know. It's like <laughs> I get so nervous. <laughs> He's gonna make me look like a complete idiot. I've been doing this close to 20 years. I think I know a lot about I, I, a few things. I do remember one of them. Uh, that happened with me. I asked him about. I said, "Well, that deficit is 17 trillion." He goes, "Al, the deficit is our current year budget shortfall. <laughs> our national debt is." Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> never mind. So, <laughs> how about those Padres coming up here? <laughs> that's a, that's a, always a good go-to. Oh, um, In fact, that one one of my good friends. That's what he always does. I, I mean. Probably, if I'm with him an hour, I hear that about five times when there's some uncomfortable thing. How about the Padres? <laughs> hey, what do you think they're going to do this year? 
Um, I want to talk a, a real briefly a couple of other mistakes that you're making um, when it comes to IRA IRA contributions is there's also something that's called a spouse a spousal IRA for non-working spouses. Uh, so let's say that you're working, your spouse is not working, or your spouse is working and you are not working. Both spouses can still contribute to a retirement account. Only one spouse needs earned income. Uh, for both spouses to contribute to the retirement account. So a non-working spouse can still contribute. We see this mistake often. When you're looking at, hey, I have um, some money in brokerage accounts or cash, where the whole time they could have been contributing that money into a Roth IRA to have all future growth grow tax-free. You're just positioning from cash into a, a Roth IRA. right? If you need the money, you can still pull the money out. But now it's in the shell of a Roth. I mean, so non-working spouses can still contribute to a retirement account. Even, so here's the deal. You can have a 401k plan, right? And you're contributing to an IRA. Your spouse can still contribute to the to an IRA, IRA or Roth IRA. Yeah, that's a big deal, Joe. And I think it's often missed. I mean, when we talk to people, they'll have, what, they have a couple hundred, three hundred thousand dollars outside of retirement, perhaps. And they've got nothing in a Roth IRA, and then you look in the, you look at the income, and if it's if they're married, if if it's the 2015 limits, if their income is below 191,000, they can do a full Roth IRA contribution. Both spouses, the spouse that's working and the spouse that's not working, they can both use that same earned income. And if they're over 50, they can put $6,500 in. If they're under 50, it's $5,500. So wouldn't you rather take some of that two, $300,000 that's sitting outside of retirement and put that into a Roth IRA because all of that future growth and in income is tax-free? And then some people say, well, no, I, I don't want to do that because I can't touch the money for years. I got to wait five years to touch the money. And you're mistaken. When you do a Roth contribution, you can pull that contribution out the next day if you want to. I don't care what age you are. There's no penalty. Now, you do have to wait five years or over 59 and a half for, for the, you know, uh, well, no, I don't want to go there because I already screwed that up. You have to wait five years to, to pull out uh, the income, right? And that five-year clock, interestingly enough, starts at the first time you do a Roth IRA with regards to contributions. Conversions is a totally different story. It is, and that's where people get so confused because they think they're the same thing. Right. And I, my accountant said, I can't do a contribution. My income's too high. And, they're, and we're saying, uh, w the word out of our mouth was, you can do a conversion. No, I can't. I can't do a conversion because my income's too high. They're thinking contribution. Conversion, there's no income limit. Conversion is taking money out of your IRA, IRA, 401k, and converting it to a Roth IRA. Everyone that's listening to our show right now that has a retirement account can do a conversion. Yeah, everyone. Age 20, age 95. You and can there's do no a conversion. 10% penalty to do the conversion. No penalty at any age. And you can be retired. You can be working. You can, whatever, right? You can do any income level. Um, I'm sorry, you can have any income level and you can do any amount. There's no limits on how much you do. So individual comes in, um, very high net worth individual. Um, I think his net worth was close to 20 million bucks. $2 million in a retirement account. And so he's looking for some tax planning ideas, right? I mean, he's got a lot of money outside of retirement, of course, if he only has 2 million bucks in his retirement account, a ton of real estate. Um, and he's making three, 400,000 bucks a year. And he's single. And then he found out that he um, uh, is terminal, right? And he really wants to make sure that he gets this money to his kids and his grandkids, right? 
And um, so he's like, well, what should I do? You know, should I set up a trust or should I do this and that? I mean, there's all sorts of different estate planning ideas that we have for him. But one of the biggest impacts that he can, because he really wants to make sure that um, his grandkids are going to be taken care of. And there, um, I think his grandkids, he had two. Um, one was three and one was five, right? He's got over $2 million, 2.2, 2.3 million bucks in his retirement account. I said, well, here, this is a first strategy, convert the 2.3 million buck. And he's like, well, I can't do a Roth. I go, yes, you can. You can do a Roth. Well, no, I'll make way too much money. No, take the 2.3, convert it. Well, I'm going to have to pay a bunch of tax. I go, well, here's the problem. You're either going to have to pay tax, ordinary income tax, or you're going to have to pay a state tax on it because you're way over the 5.5, roughly, million-dollar exemption. So then we have to pick our battles here. And you're telling me that you want to make sure that you can parlay some significant wealth to the grandkids. I go, the Roth IRA is probably the best gift that you can give to a young individual. And so you explain it to them like this and saying, all right, now you convert it. Yeah, you're going to have to pay some tax on that. But so you take some money out of your non-qualified accounts. The, the, the estate tax, I mean, remember when it was 55% Al? Yes, I do. And, and it was a $600,000 limitation, meaning that when you passed away, anything over 600000 you had to actually pay tax on. Now it's 5460000 is the limit, and it's, uh, it's what, a 40% tax. So convert that, pay, right? You pay some ordinary income tax on it, but then the kids will inherit $2 million, give a million dollars a piece to a grandchild that's five years old or three years old. They can have all of that money still continue to grow tax-free for their life. I mean, you're talking yeah. millions it, of additional wealth there. Well, you are talking millions. And really, when you think about it, then all of a sudden, when you pay that tax, your state's lower and you pay less in the state taxes. So you end up doing a lot better for your kids and grandkids. And it's all about taking control over your taxes because you really have more control over taxes than you think. In fact, you have more control over paying taxes in retirement than any other time in your life. And when you are retired and thinking about transferring assets to the kids, boy, there's some really good, solid moves that you can do. You just have to know what they are and execute. But your stockbroker, your financial advisor, or even your CPA, you don't understand how to lower your taxes in retirement because it's, you know, it's, let's face it, it's not really their expertise. The only way to lower your taxes is by having a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth right here on AM760 KFMB. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, go to purefinancial.com. There's a lot of great information there on our website. We're one of the largest fee-only financial planning firms here uh, in Southern California. Uh, we do not sell any products. There's never commission generated uh, to our firm. Um, we act as a fiduciary 100% of the time. You know, I was watching, um, listening to this radio program, and so he was talking about the fiduciary standard. Okay. Right? And um, he's like, you know, well, only eight, you know, there's 80 some odd percent of all advisors are still on the suitability standard, right? And, you know, maybe 15%, you know, are true fiduciaries, true fiduciaries. Right. Okay. And, and he goes, well, my firm is a true fiduciary because, you know, you want to work with a true fiduciary that can, um, you know, give you advice and then also look at, you know, um, in, um, have a, a, a variety of different products sure. that you can, 
you know, p purchase from when it comes to like life insurance to annuities to yeah, real estate investment trust. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, man, that's all commission product. <laughs> that's not fiduciary. The kids, is that really a fiduciary? I don't know. Well, maybe you have a different definition than I do. <laughs> Because that could create a conflict, couldn't it? If I'm selling you a product that I generate a commission on, wouldn't that maybe cause a conflict of interest? It isn't that why the Department of Labor is spending all this time to change the rules? Hmm. But maybe in his mind, the fiduciary is, well, no. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fiduciary in my own mind. In my own mind? Yeah. Because I can sell you thousands of products <laughs> and make millions of commissions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd only do what's in your best interest. Wow. Well, I would never sell you this life insurance contract. I mean, here's, and the, uh, this is what, what killed me. Same individual that I hear. Then um, an advisor comes in my office and says, Joe, I got a case here, and I really don't know what the heck this guy's doing. And neither does he. And he's got this advisor that's given him this advice, and what is your take on it? So, Al, you'll appreciate this. Okay. So there was an uh, individual that had money in a retirement account he's under 59 and a half okay? okay and the advice from the advisor and i think it was like close to six hundred thousand dollars the advice from his advisor quote unquote fiduciary advisor was this take money out of your retirement account to fund a life insurance contract he's single really? no heirs you're kidding me no under 59 and a half so he pays taxes and penalties and penalties and then he gets in this very expensive product and so he's already put f three years of contributions in. Oh, boy. The cash value of the life insurance contract. So, what, three times 12? You can do the math, right? Yep. 36? Yep. $36,000 he's put into this life insurance contract. The cash value is five grand. Five grand. Because of all the cost and everything else. And plus, 36,000, 25% tax bracket, 10% penalty, plus state tax. Right. So it, it really cost him about, I'm, I'm going to say sixty grand. Sixty grand to pull this money out. To pull the money out. This and this thirty-two thousand. Now it's worth five. Now it's worth five. So but, sixty thousand to five. But it's going to grow one hundred percent tax-free for him. Yeah. And well, I can tell you what that advisor would say. Well, Joe, but the, once we get through the surrender period, right? Or you know, it's, it's got time to grow. The guy's like fifty-nine, or, or he's fifty-five years old, fifty-four years old, or something like that. Right. And it's like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. I understand tax-free. I love tax-free. Right, but this is how you do right. Stop this now, right? because you're gonna have to live until eighty to, to you know. You see the illustrations too, yes. where it's gonna you're gonna pull all this money out tax free. What, what are they running the illustrations at now? Like eight percent? Well, who knows? What the, I mean, depends if it's a variable contract. <laughs> I don't think they can go anything higher than. I, don't, I, I mean, remember I've seen contracts where they would uh, up to twelve percent. Yeah, I I've, think they probably tone it down. I've seen ten. You've seen twelve? Oh yeah, back in the day, sure. Couple, yeah. yeah, ten years okay. ago, twelve percent okay. for sure. Yeah, okay. And but then you look at the, then you have to look at the guarantee. And they use the the tax code, right? They're like, well, no, you, this is you can use this, um, you know, IUL or variable universal life policy because <laughs> the IRS does not tax it because it's FIFO tax treatment. Then you're going to take loans from yourself, and you have this tax time bomb in your retirement account. And you need to bleed that out and put it in this life insurance contract. Okay, yeah, I understand you want to bleed out the overall retirement account, depending on what your tax bracket is now, what it's going to be in the future, but why don't you do Roth conversions? 
Why don't you get the money into a Roth IRA? Pay a little bit of tax. There's no 10% penalty if you do a conversion. And guess what? You can go into low-cost funds, that, and there's no cost of insurance. And then that money's going to grow 100% tax-free. Mm-hmm. If you don't need the insurance, it's like, but there's pretty good salespeople out there. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I well, I, I, uh, so that reminds me. I, I, this was probably a year ago. We had a client email us and said, uh, I think, uh, what, what about this? And I'm going to get the letters and numbers wrong, but what, what, what about the 704B6 yes. plan? Yeah, right. I go, you know, who knows what that is? So you Google it. Sure enough, it's, it's life it, insurance. It was it was a term invented by this financial planning firm, a, a number of sequence that m- they made it sound like a code section, uh, and uh, it's a firm in Florida selling this stuff. And then you read their stuff and tax free this, tax free, and, and if you kind of know what's going on, you you know that it's a, a very expensive life insurance product. And so, and but the, it was very well written, and it had some famous person saying, "Oh, this is the best thing," and the banks don't want you to know about this and the government doesn't want you to know about it. It's like, oh my goodness, you spent a lot of time and effort coming up with something. It's it's all smoke and mirrors. It's just crazy. If you haven't started planning for retirement, you're not alone. <laughs> that was a good segue. This is the five-year retirement countdown, Al. Uh, just... Uh, 29% of people said they have a written retirement plan, according to a survey of 1,000 people with household income of fifty dollars to $100,000 conducted by Wells Fargo. 29%. Okay. 31% of workers are worried their money will run out as early as 15 years into retirement. This is according to a 2015 survey, about 5,000 U.S. workers uh, by Wills Towers in Watson. of retirees said they had no specific expectations about retirement spending. That's another survey of uh, 1,200 adults uh, by a financial services firm, PNC. So it's time to start looking ahead, folks. Um, I know you listening have probably saved some money. You probably have some sort of game plan in your mind. Um, A lot of people haven't saved a lot of money for retirement. Uh, so what's that going to do is going to put a strain on the system. In Alan and I's opinion, we believe that tax rates probably will go up. Uh, so now, more than ever, I think you want to protect your life savings and figure out, um, you know, from a true CPA, taxes, um, uh, there's a significant tax strategies that you can do to keep more for yourself and not the IRS. Because if you could just imagine... Um, your retirement game plan that was just no longer about a number that you read some, you, you know, you spoke to your wife and your husband and you, ha- you got to start having a conversation about money is the first thing. A lot of times people don't want to talk about it because it might cause a fight. It might cause this, it might cause that. And I get it. You don't want to talk about politics, you know, money, sex and whatever. I don't know. There's probably a couple more that, you know, yeah. people, it's religion. Taboo. Religion. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, we got to take another break. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth right here on AM 760 KFMB. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner I'm with Big Al Copine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you want more information about our firm, go to purefinancial.com, purefinancial.com. A couple of things there. Um, I recently did a Social Security webinar. Uh, there's some changes that are happening with the Social Security for um, claiming strategies. Uh, so if you want to learn all about that, you can go to purefinancial.com and click on the webinar. It's about, I don't know, maybe an hour, less than an hour. You can watch it at your leisure um, right there. And 
in your pajamas, right? Right there at home. Yeah. Don't have to go anywhere. Um, and we're doing a lot more of those. So go to that website um, from time to time because we have a lot of uh, new things that are coming down. I think I'm doing a, a webinar on Medicare uh, coming up. Uh, we're also doing a um, last-minute tax planning webinar. Yeah, that's uh, that one's that, what, early April. I think. Yeah, that's coming yeah. up in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so right in the beginning of April. Um, we're also doing some identity theft stuff. Um, we got a, um, yeah. so, some, so a lot of really cool things that we're trying to get out to you um, in a form of like WebExes, webinars, and, and just more information and education for you. So go to purefinancial.com, uh, stay in the loop there, um, get, get on our newsletter, um, and then that will get you keep you informed of all the different events. And we do a ton of live events as well. Um, Al and I speak um, all over uh, Southern California. So uh, go to Pure Financial, uh, get on our newsletter list if you want uh, to keep informed of some cool things that are coming down the pike for 2016. Yeah, absolutely. And boy, speaking of identity theft, the uh, the IRS has come out recently. This is IRS uh, Commissioner John Koskinen. He John says, Koskinen. Yes, Kos Koskinen. Um, you know what that movie's from? John Koskinen. No. Uh, Fletch. Fletch. Okay. You've right. never seen that movie, have you? No. You've never seen Fletch? No. Is that that Will Smith? What? Will No. Chevy Chase. Oh, that one. I was thinking. What am I thinking? Hitch. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've seen I've seen Chevy Chase. Yeah, Fletch. Fletch? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Fletch lives? Yeah, I don't remember the names of characters like you do. Wow, you got quite a memory. <laughs> Steel Trap. <laughs> well, that's a very good movie. <laughs> anyway, so you know what, Joe? Some of these um, IRS, some of these schemes, like there, there's one that's, that's increased 400% just this year already. So uh, here's a couple things to be aware of. One is phone scams. Some fraudsters try to, they make a, aggressive phone calls in which they impersonate IRS agents threatening police arrest, uh, court action, deportation, license re revocation, among other things. They try to trick taxpayers. And uh, there's been roughly 900,000 taxpayers contacted, more than 5,000 victims who have paid over $26.5 million to these people. Wow. So watch out. And the IRS says, you know what, we don't call you. We'll send you a letter. So if you get a phone call, it's not the IRS. And here's a little caveat. If you think you owe, well, then hang up and call the IRS so you know you're actually talking to the IRS, not somebody impersonating. So that's, that's, an, that's a big one. Another one is identity theft. And, uh, boy, this is getting to be a really big deal because some of these um, thieves are breaking into, like, Target and other companies, getting sensitive data, Social Security numbers, and then uh, these, these fraudsters are filing fake returns and getting tax refunds. And right now, uh, we've, there's, like, 776 identity theft-related investigations going on. 2,000 identity thefts have been, uh, thieves have been convicted in the past three years. So that one is tough. That one's really tough because you don't have control over that. I think one thing that is recommended there is to file sooner rather than later so you beat these guys to the punch. So a, a final one I'll bring up, Joe, is it's called fishing. Not the kind of fishing that you go to the lake and throw your line in. It's P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. And this is where criminals create fake websites 
uh, looking to steal personal information, right? And so what they do is they send you an email. They're trying to get some information out of you and send you to a website that looks like it's the IRS and you put in personal information. And then they go ahead and do all kinds of stuff with it, including filing fraudulent tax returns. So those are three big ones to watch out for. How about if you don't have a refund? Then what happens? If you don't have a refund? Yeah, because they're yeah. filing and trying to get their refund yeah, is what yeah, they're yeah. doing. Well, probably in some cases they... they and they th just take that information and... Yeah, so, so, so like let's say, let's say it's pretty clear there's no refund and they file the wrong information and then the IRS doesn't, you know, they're not going to send the refund because it doesn't agree with their records, right? But in some cases it's like... Or they're just making up all the numbers and the IRS is not even... I still don't understand how they're doing it. Well... It's it would it's difficult when you um, are a wage earner because they can match the wages and if it doesn't match up they might kick it out. But do they do that with every return? Well, uh, or they, they probably there's no way they probably could. Yeah, I'm not. I I really don't know. You know what I mean? But but one thing I do know is is some things aren't really traceable. Like for example, what if you're self-employed and you made estimated payments? So this fraudulent return goes in. The IRS has no way to check it, right? So they just send a refund out. So yeah, this is getting to be a big problem. I had this happen with a client of, of mine a year ago, and uh, it took something like eight or nine months to get this straightened out to where a refund actually was issued, a correct refund was issued. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's getting to be a big problem, and it's uh, you can understand why people are very guarded with their social security numbers. They really should be, you know, yeah. because there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Well, that was a way to end the show on a happy note, Al. <laughs> I'm just saying, be, be cautious. Yeah, be cautious. cautious. Be cautious. Yeah. You know, that's uh, because when it comes to taxes, I mean, first of all, we all feel like we're paying way too much as it is. And then it's like, now do we, we have all these other things on top of it? Now we have, we have fraudulent people saying they're the IRS and we get so freaked out we send them money or or people are filing fake returns or or we're, we're succumbing to some of these these some of these emails look very real so it's yeah it's it's just all about being cautious so that you're not really paying any more tax than you need to pay and you're not losing any more money right that you need to lose and um, and I think it's um, at least at least for me I guess I guess I'll kind of end it this way because it's it's hard sometimes. I mean, it's 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 good to be aware of these things, and so you try not to fall uh, prey to them. But more importantly, is what really can I do, right? What well, one is to be careful when you get suspicious emails or phone calls. But another one is, well, I have some control over the taxes I pay by looking at the strategies that are available to me. And when you're in retirement or close to retirement. You have more control over how much you pay in taxes than any other time in your life. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you again next week.